Welcome to episode 600 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. Radio team, welcome along to episode well six hundred of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James. Oh, so how you going, mate? I'm pretty good. Episode six hundred, mate. Six hundred. It's exciting times in the I Am Talk. Did you say six hundred? Six hundred. You're the guy who gets frustrated with strange words like what was it? Bad, my bad. And you were saying six hundred. Someone was giving me grief this week on Facebook um, for using "vive" instead of "verses." We'll mention that later on. Uh, But it's exciting times in the studio because I I could not park my car today. The first time in ages I've actually driven up here because Belinda's off taking the kids for a little bike ride. Pull down the driveway. Can't make it down the driveway. Finally getting the five five speed internet, John. Took me like eight months. Of lobbying his neighbours. Lobbying my neighbours. And then bloody enable. Tell you what, if you want an incompetent company, deal with enable. <laughs> Although the guys doing the job are doing a good job. But, oh my God, don't even start me, John. Don't even start We're recording later today, mate. We are. The other thing that I noticed when I was coming down your driveway today was you've got a Pilates studio in the house next door to you. Oh yeah, mate. We're a fitness driveway, we are. God. Got running groups. <laughs> got Pilates. Church. I think she's pretty busy too. Yeah. Yep, she's lovely. Old Bron. Bron and Andy. Nice. Do you know all your neighbours' names? Just got a new neighbour moved in, haven't even met her yet. We've got flats, so it's a bit different. Mm. They come and go a bit. We're pretty good because we live on a long driveway, so we know all the neighbours. Good. Bron and Andy are good, good people. Just getting married next weekend. There yeah. you go. Bron and Andy. Okay, guys, uh, I'm Talk is proudly brought to you by Extreme Endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. And let's name a couple of Jumbo. Good old Andrew Diplodocus Kerr. We've got Andrew Victory Vickery. And Roger the Dodge Dooley. Roger the Dodge. Roger the Dodge. On this week's show, we've got, to, to be honest, it's quite time, John. So we've got, we've got some news. We've got a discussion of the week. We've got age groupers of the week. We've got a coach's corner. little coach's corner. We had a question in around uh, trying to transition into doing race, short course races without socks. Mm, do, you, do you do that? Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Uh, Wanger of the week questions and answers at the end, and it's pretty much the show. John, there's not much. This could be a very short show. It could be a short. It's going to be like nowadays. We always smash the hour. Today we'll smash the hour. You think? I've got a little rant coming. You know, so we'll get there. Well, maybe we should talk about the goat. The goat. You know, that's a new term in sport now. Okay. The greatest of all time. Oh God! <laughs> you not heard of the goat? I've not heard of the goat. <laughs> See, but you say Hundy. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. First news is uh, Sanders and uh, Barbara Riveros. Riveros took out Puncon. Puncon. We get this every year. We get this wrong. <laughs> Can't remember. I think Albert Boyce told us what it was. It's either Puncon or Pusan. Pusan. It's Pusan. You think? I think. Well, I don't know. It's in South America. It's one of the only races on at this time of the year. And my God, Lionel Sanders. Killed it. Well, well what, and what's really interesting? Did you read the race report? Yes. So, like, he beat his own record by about eight minutes, but apparently it was a hard, hard day. So, the female who won last year, she was twelve minutes slower than what she was last year, or maybe I think even last longer. year was the slow year. This year was quite a bit quicker. Okay. Well, but still, anyway, he wrote. Lionel Sanders wrote a two o one, and the, the the other guys who are racing are all sort of South Americans. But you still got you know Ronaldo, Calucci, Santiago, Ascendo, um, Mauricio Mendes. These guys are not slouches. He wrote two o one. Those guys were all riding sort of two eleven, two twelve, and then he still had the second fastest run split with a one sixteen. Still, you know, losing a fair amount of time in the swim. But my God, he is killing it. One by eight minutes. Yeah, and a half. And a half. Now, is, is it 10 minutes Tojo domination? And a half? That's a big domination and a half. Okay, well, what what, what is here? Because we're saying an Ironman, it's a 20-minute, you get the Dojo badge. But in mm. a half, what are you saying? I'd say eight. Okay, he yep, got the, so he's, okay, got he's set the standards. He's set the standards. He has set Lionel Sanders. You may have been the fastest ever. Hashtag. Yep. John wasn't <laughs> happy with it. And you may be an absolute rock star, second in Kona, but let's be honest, you have set the standard for dojo domination in half Ironman. Eight minutes. And he, he, he was eight minutes and six seconds in front. Okay, there we go. That's a dojo domination by Lionel Sanders. And, and then Barbara Rios also had a dojo domination because she won by just under 10 minutes from Ali Salthouse, who also is no slouch. So 
dojo domination both ways. So they only had f- five females racing? It's looked like that. This is just a report on, on Slow Twitch, so they may have had more than that, but they've only reported five. John, some other random stuff. Um, on Slow Twitch, they had a really good written interview with Pin, Tim Don, not Pin. Pins in it. Well, that's actually quite appropriate. Yeah. Maybe that should be his new name. Yeah. Pin Don. Pin Don. Tim the Pin Don. There we go. There we go. Now, Tim Don, we're setting new standards today, John. We, we should are. record the show later every day. We're in good spirits. Waking up. Um, so, Tim Don, he has pins in his head and basically it was really interesting it's a great article um it basically we'll put a link to it in the show notes go and have a look at it because the device he had to wear is ridiculous so if you recall tim don had crash pre-kona he was one of the hot favorites after his record setting day or iron man branded record setting mm. day but he was i really thought he could do the business in kona and he had a crash and you know people have crashes and they go to hospital and you think nah, they'll, they'll be right they'll come right mm. and this is serious, man. He oh, man. was he's got these this halo that he had to wear f- pretty much since Kona it, up until now. It's like a brace. It's literally like a brace you wear around your whole upper body and then it's got like bars and, and the halo yeah, around the, the head the obviously. Pins but seriously going into his head. It's not just it's not just sitting there. They're seriously going And he talks in. about in this interview like sleeping was impossible. He said the one thing that was really hard, like he was only getting sixty minutes sleep a night. Yeah. Um when he had the crest, he didn't think it was that bad. And they said, what were your first thoughts? And he said, well, to be honest, it was my, is my bike going to be okay? Because I was practicing on my racing wheels. And, yeah. he, and he, when he went to hospital, he was like, oh, you know, I'm a bit stiff, but you know, hopefully it'll be right for the race. And then the doctor said, oh, I don't think it's going to be racing. And then he went back home to, is it Boulder or something like that? Somewhere in the States. Saw some doctor there and, who's a triathlete. And they said, oh, no, this is, this is more serious than you think. Mm. So it's good to see this on the recovery, but um, it really goes to show what a serious incident that he had. It wasn't just a bike crash and sort of breaking a few bits and bobs. Uh, so it'd be really interesting to see what sort of a comeback he can make because he was on fire. You know, he yeah. got third at 70.3 Worlds and really, you know, would not have been a surprise to sit, be on the podium in Kona if not. Especially if what this happened with this year's race, mm. you know, in retrospect, who knows what would have happened if he was there. But yeah, he was definitely, he was a contender, wasn't he? Absolutely. Big time, big time. So good to see him on the way back and we'll be interested to see how this year unfolds for him. And I, what, when that story came up, I thought, I wonder how Matt Russell's doing as well, because he was the other one who had the incident I wonder in the why race. you put that link in there. Um, yeah. And he, you know, that he had a car pull out of him in the race uh, down near Waikoloa, which is on the way back of the bike. I think it was on the return leg that it happened. And he had this gigantic gash around his, his neck. That's so, right. I, forgot, I wonder why he had that link in there today. I couldn't remember. Yeah, so I was, I was wondering how he did. And there's a, he's po- he's actually doing a running race this weekend. He's on his on his way back. But he posted a picture on uh, Christmas Eve sort of showing his neck. And it's still very scarred up. And he's, again, he's on his way back. Oh, but, look um, at that. It's a pretty... Pretty mean incident. Uh, so we'll, again, we'll see how how he goes. But good to see him back running. And think think of the if, if, you, if you haven't got his Twitter, think of the Joker and the Batman and the scars he has around his mouth with Heath Ledger. Basically, Matt has a, a that kind of thickness of scar, which would say is probably about six five inches. <laughs> Bevan's holding his hand no, 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 about no. a meter long. He's <laughs> going six inches. That's how Bevan measures in this yeah, world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not even go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's it's a mean looking scar. Mm. Yeah, so, so it's good to see that both of these guys are on the mend, and hopefully we see them racing pretty hard pretty soon. Mm. Um, okay, John, uh, John's ITU update. Well, we've started the year. Figured we'll uh, make sure everybody knows what's going on. And the other reason for bringing this up is if you are currently stuck in the middle of a winter training phase and maybe doing a indoor training sessions, and you're struggling, starting to run out of content, you've used up all your Netflix, and you you don't know what to watch. Sign up to triathlonlive.tv and uh, it's got all the previous coverage of races for God knows how many years and it goes all the way back to like the mid-90s. Uh, so some great stuff. But in terms of when the seri- season kicks off, it's actually not too far away. So 2nd and 3rd of March, we kick off in Abu Dhabi and then we're going over to Bermuda in April and then we kind of settle into the, the rest of the season, the one. addition uh, I've got this year, we've got Nottingham, uh, the team relay on June the 7th and then followed by... So it's just a relay and then the next day is... A couple. I think it's two days later, then they have the Leeds ITU race, uh, uh, so the yeah, the regular sort of one, you've got Hamburg, Edmonton, Montreal, and the finale on the Gold Coast in the middle of September. So not so too can, far Canada away. So Canada gets two races? It does. As uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it's been like that 
on and off for, for a little while. So it's got a WTS race, it's got a para race, and it's got a relay race. So they've got para races in Yokohama um, and Edmonton, and they will have at the grand finale as well. Okay, here's the scenario. You get a phone call today saying you are now the head of ITU. Mm. Well, you probably should expect that call. <laughs> uh, if, if you get that phone call, John, and you had to make one move to make the biggest impact on sport right now, what would it be? Variety of courses. So actually Dan Anfield wrote, again, Slowtwitch had some good articles on there recently. He had an article sort of crystal ball gazing for, for 2018 and he kind of th- thinks that we're on the bottom of the slide a little bit in terms of uh, numbers decreasing, you know, with the bu- bubbles burst and we've sort of slid down, especially participation in America, level? participation level, okay. slid down the last couple of years, but he reckons it's going to sort of plateau off and the, the innovative races are the ones that are going to continue to do well. So, you know, your exteriors or slightly different formats or your swim run races um, and they're the ones that are going to carry on and I really thought one of the interesting observations that he made was races that do well are the ones that the go- the people that are organising them are not in it for the profit of course they're going to make money yeah. but they're not going I need to make money I need to make money they're going I want to try to create an awesome event and the money will hopefully flow on afterwards. Mm. Um, so I kind of get, well, in Christchurch, kind of, that's what I'm trying to create here is we've got a whole variety of races. You've got a short distance um, sprint draft legal race. You've got a hilly Olympic. We've got the Sea to Sky, which is kind of a bit, a bit slightly different, trying to have a bit of variety. And I, th- I get the feeling that's what people want. So I guess to answer your question, if, if I was in charge of ITU, I just make sure there's a bit, a bit more variety in there. So they've got that with the relay. Sometimes they have sprints and Olympics, but just a, some, some really cool courses, which is not always easy to do because you've got to f- find the cool course, then you've got to find a city that's got the money to actually host it. I wonder what they pay. Oh, it's, it'll be significant. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in terms of the, not necessarily what they'll pay, but the cost of putting on these events. Because they're trying to places, don't they? Yeah. Is it needed? Um, you want crowds and stuff. You've seen when they've been to other places, you know, say they go to the, the Middle East um, and, you know, watch races like, uh, you know, Dubai and things like that and there's just nobody there. Yeah. They're just, I don't know. The ones that you get a bit more excited about is when you're watching Hamburg or... But is that because the country doesn't love the sport? Like if you go to Australia mm. and you put on a race... Oh, now, Gold Coast will be huge. Yeah, and Gold Coast... Well, those, it's, it's a big city, isn't it? But if you even went somewhere that's a little bit more obscure in a place like Australia... You know, people would probably still go. Well, you went, to Hamilton, you went to Hamilton Island um, for the yeah, Super League, right. yeah, and that, there was hardly anybody there. Yeah, true. And that was my one kind of, not criticism, but it was a, I think the race would be better if they had crowds at Super League. Mm. Yeah. Okay, interesting stuff. Okay, um, I just want to see a bit of time there, John. You see what I did there? Yeah. Uh, any other things? Common Games? Common Games coming up on the 5th of April, the triathlon, so that's going to be sprint distance. So I'm 99% You're sure. You're going to be there, aren't you? Going to be there. Uh, so that'll be a really good hit out. A lot of athletes will be uh, peaking for that. So it'll be a really hard season then to manage both Common Games uh, uh, on the Gold Coast and World Champs are on the Gold Coast, bookending the season basically. So you're going to try to peak in April and then you're going to try to peak in September, which is certainly not, um, you know, not impossible yeah. to do but then they've also got all the other races they do in the middle part of the season so it'll be a really challenge, big challenge for the Commonwealth countries uh, Predictions? Uh, you kind of got to think it's going to be Brownlee 1-2 and then uh, Is Brownlee is, is Alistair Beck racing? Well he's on the the start list yeah, okay. I mean not on the start list he's on the British team yeah, uh, yeah. the English team and so you've got to think they'll, get, they'll probably get two of the medals and then probably Richard Murray or otherwise, you know, one of the Aussies or potentially Ryan Sissons, but it should be um, Henry Schumann. Yeah, it's a oh, pretty, I'd love Ryan Sissons to be in there. Yeah, he, he could be in the mix, top five, I'd say. Um, girls side of things. Bermuda's part of the Commonwealth, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so Flora yeah. Duffy will just kill everybody probably. I mean, Andrea Hewitt's second and actually Gentle third. Well, when you go to the Com Games, what are you going to? What events? Triathlon, athletics. They, they must have a marathon. Yep. Free things. Really yeah. <laughs> and if it's free, you'll see Newsome. Main thing is a big big night at the athletics. Tom Walsh winning gold medal in the shop. Oh, you're going to that one, are you? Mm. I went to Nick Willis winning gold in the Commonwealth Games in Melbourne. And uh, it was a highlight of life. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. great. Because we paid top dollar. So mm. we basically, he came up and gave us a hug. Because nice. I was sitting next to his brother. So basically, yeah, it was, it was a pretty special moment. John, what the hell is going on? A little bit of a rant is coming back. Okay. Good old uh, Brian Hagen sent this one through, and then I got an email through from Ironman yesterday. 
To celebrate 2018 being the 40th year of Ironman racing, we are offering 40 commemorative slots to Ironman World Championships. Eligible athletes who register for any of our 2018 Ironman events globally by January the 14th, that was two days ago, so if you're listening to this, you've missed out, will be automatically entered for a chance to purchase one of these 40 commemorative slots. What the hell is going on? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. So they, they sent out the PR release yesterday. No, I, got, I don't know when I got this, but the, Brian sent it to me a few days ago, but I think I only got it a couple of days ago myself in terms of looking So at what they're trying analysis. to do is shore up their money for the year by promoting early sales and then doing that, giving away 40 slots. It's like anniversary years. What what are your key anniversary years? You know, t- maybe 25 years, 10 years, 25, 50? Yeah. You see these other ones, 35th anniversary, 30th anniversary, 45th anniversary, it's like, what the, that's, that pisses me off. But also, just throwing away 40 slots. Just, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and you had to end, Brian, you, you succeeded in firing me up. He sent me through the email, and I bet he was snickering, snickering away, going, John's going to like this. And you, well done. Because so what should they do for 40 years? They should, it's 40 years is significant. That's a 40th anniversary. Don't have to throw away forty slots. I was out there this morning, and this here is we, one of the, yeah, the things Iron Man say about the space on the pier. Um, it's not limited. They seem to find spots all the bloody time. This morning, I was actually out measuring the space for the Corsia Classic New Zealand Triathlon champs, oh, champion, and uh, and there the, I really am restricted. But is there a sponsor? Um, so it's the Suzuki are the sponsor yeah, of, the, um, yeah. of the of the Corsia Classic race. Yeah. Uh, but you can you can always just jimmy things up and find a few more spaces and they seem to be doing that every year but I would much rather see these spots go to qualifiers rather than maybe even entrance. some female pros exactly <laughs> uh, what the hell is going on John this week's discussion so last week you kind of put the, the theoretical half Ironman race out there and you basically said there's going to be four men and four females the men were going to be Brownlee, Gomez, Frodo and Sanders girls were Reef, Duffy, Spurig and Lawrence and who would take out each race and why did you think it would be the case? Did we ask for placings? I think we must have. So uh, Skip Slade wasn't happy with, I'm not sure if it was my um, punctuation or yours. I copied and paste, John. <laughs> uh, sorry, John, I know how busy you are, but uh, I must take you to task on this week's question as read on the podcast. So maybe it was me reading it. V and verses are abbreviations for the words verses. Not, it is not a verse. Ask Bevan what what a verse is. In the song, John. Yes. Yep. Hint, it's musical related. Sorry to be a jerk. Bone Crusher Slade. Uh, okay. You knew you were being a jerk. You're not sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> we went okay. to saw the Winston Churchill movie, The Darkest Hours Every Day, and it's a funny thing in the movie because the V for victory sign. Well, yeah. he didn't he, when he, he did this one. He did the oh, keep, like giving the yours. fingers. Yeah, and uh, he didn't realise it was this at first. So there's a his first photo. I don't know how accurate this is, but his first photo on the paper was him doing this one to the Germans. So, oh, uh, and people actually loved him for it. Anyway, Jombo uh, Belfong has got. Uh, Gomez would take it out, weapon across all distances and most consistent. Uh, woman, tough one, but probably Reef with a bit more experience over long course. I would back Duffy. Pedro Aja says men, Brownlee number one, if he's fit and healthy. Gomez two, Frodo three, Sanders four. And the girls, Duffy, would love to see her race Reef in a half Ironman race. Reef, Lawrence and Spirig. Um, Jared Crump, loads of variables like heat, would impact Brownlee in particular. I'd say right now Gomez, though with each month that passes and his swing improves, Sanders. If he is l- greater than two minutes down out of the swim, I'd back him to be within the bunch by 20k and put five minutes into them. That will be enough. Holly Lawrence, because she is a beast at 70.3. Okay, well, well Neil Hastings actually done commentary for us. Right. He's got uh, Brownlee, Frodo and Gomez coming out of the swim together, although who takes the lead is anyone's guess. Sounders uh, would be out of the race already. Brownlee breaks off on the bike, comes into T2 about a minute up on Gomez and Frodo. By the end of the race, he's increased the lead to over three minutes in second place. Gomez, who's one minute up on Frodo, who's one minute up on Sanders. On the girls, Spirig chases down the other girls on the bike and gets into T2 a minute ahead and wins from there with Duffy in second, Lawrence in third and Reef in fourth. Good old Clive Asplin. Uh, in the men's race, Sanders would be too far back against the other three, whom would come out together and be very close. From there, it would depend on conditions. Whom would win, Brownlee or Gomez, assuming Alistair. Women's would go for Duffy, who would lead on the swim. Very strong cyclist and runner. Ben, I'm going to say that one. I'm going to say Pasala. 
Yeah. You reckon? Yeah. yeah. Ben uh, Sanders would be far too down in the swim, not quite fast enough on the run for those three. Gomez would be dropped on the bike, leaving Frodo and Brownlee on the run. I'd pick Brownlee unless it's hot. Is Brownlee shouldn't heat? Seems um, to be a common theme coming through here. Well, he struggled in a couple of Olympic distance races in the heat. So, yeah, potentially. Okay. Well, maybe um, it's a, oh, wait, hey, he's got ladies, mate. Don't be oh, sexist. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> sexist pig. Uh, me too, John. Me too. Uh, ladies, tough. Um, I think Duffy would have a small lead over Reef from the swim. And as long as she pushes hard on the bike, she'd get off in the lead and hang on. As much as I like Sperig, I don't think her bike would be strong enough to hang on to Duffy and Reef. And the same goes for Lawrence. Brent, wah, Chan. Uh, <laughs> That's gold. Gomez can't look past the seventy point three world champ and Reef for the experience, but preference would be Duffy. Toby Chanel's got. If we obviously assume that everyone is at the top of their game, that's a good point. Uh, Frodo and Reef combo would still be untouchable for a couple of years or so. I'll go one more. We'll go Lucy Francis, men Brownlee, woman Duffy, Jewel with Spirig. I'll go Jared Crump, and he's got loads of variables, like heat would impact Brownlee in particular. Jeez, everyone thinks he's crap in the heat, don't they? Uh, which is interesting because he's not a big unit. But yeah, in the times when he's crumbled, I don't know if it's... I remember London, he collapsed, and it was a hot day, but London hot, not not sort of Kona hot. Um, he's only had a few little meltdowns, so... About Jonathan Brownlee in long course? Uh, he'd be good, yeah. He's never as good as Alistair. He's always just that little bit behind. Yeah, but I wonder if long course that comes his way. Uh, I'd, I'd going back to Jared. He's got. I'd like to say right now, Gomez. Though with each month that passes, his swim and his swing improves. Sanders. Oh, he's going for Sanders. If he's less than two minutes down, I'd back him to be there in a bunch by twenty oh, k on the bike. One. Oh, down that one. <laughs> well, we'll see how much I was listening. Uh, I'll go. Okay, Mark. Mark Adrian Hernandez. Gomez. Woman Duffy. Well, the cool thing about this discussion is. Really John, John has arranged it. No, here we go. We're announcing it right now. Yeah. You can't really pick a winner. I mean, you, of course you can. But everyone writes off Sanders. Could he possibly come back? Well, that's the thing. I initially, what I was going to say is you definitely write off Sanders. Yeah. He's got no chance. But if it was if it was only four of them Because the racing, thing is, let's say they're riding a pack. Sometimes you're riding a pack, people push around because they don't want to waste your energy. Mm. You know, so and in a race like that that, that, that might happen. If this was an Iron Man... I certainly wouldn't write off Sanders, but over a half, I probably would. Um, purely but who's going to attack on the bike? Yeah, but purely because he's going to need to ride up to them and then ride away from him, which we've seen him do before. In, but in with those three? Not necessarily with those three. Uh, he's significant. Whilst his running is bloody impressive, if either one of those three is at the top of their game yep. 100%, they're a better runner than Sanders. Uh, they may not be all the time, but if they're at their peak performance, they would be. So I would probably be inclined to go for, jeez, I don't know. i got to go Gomez. you got Gomez? Because I, I, I haven't proven himself yet as a half. Well, he's done one half and he bloody absolutely decimated everybody and there were some good guys there. So Gomez... But Gomez is one the world championship. He is, but little, just a little bit suspect on the on the bike. Uh, strong, but a little bit suspect. You know, at the at seventy point three worlds, he was with the group. But you look at, you know, he hasn't hasn't won every half Ironman he's ever done. He's won plenty of them, but um, so he's a little bit suspect on the bike. Brownlee's a little bit suspect because he doesn't have that much experience. And Frodo. He's strong across the board, so... It's a great question, but you could, John, you've got to have an answer. You can't pull out the old, I've got no answer trick. No, I will go for Brownlee. Uh, I'm going over go. a half. I'm going Gomez. Good. Brownlee, Brownlee will break. Mm. Well, we're assuming they're all yeah. going to be... At, at peak, you've got to say Brownlee, don't you? If you're saying no injury at peak, it's Brownlee. Mm. It's a no-brainer. You'd think so. Because he's the best triathlete in the world. Mm. Yes, I would agree with you on that one. And the good, but the girls. Ah, here we go. Oh, you got <laughs> what was that noise? You got Duffy, <laughs> who t she may have done a half. I'm not quite sure, um, but no, no experience. Reef, amazing. Not, I mean, she does. I was about to say she's not the fastest runner, but she actually probably is one of the fastest runners. But not a classical sort of uh, right. Gwen Jorgensen that yep. sort of speed runner. So I would definitely say that. But in a half, you don't need to be. Yeah, I'd say Spurig is probably a, a bit is be a better runner, and Holly, Holly Holly Lawrence is strong across the board as well. So incredibly tough. I'd say it's potentially even tougher to pick than the guys race. 
Um, but if I ha- if you said to me, Bev, John, you've got your last hundred dollars of your life to spend, you to sell your house. <laughs> I'd put it on Duffy just because uh, she's aggressive. She's got that short course speed. I don't think she she wouldn't get dropped, and she'd probably be leading the swim, and she wouldn't get dropped on the bike. And I think the short course speed on the run probably would give her the edge. So I would I would go with Duffy. But God, it would be amazing. This I guess this is probably a bit like what the Collins Cup. If it, it happens, this yeah, is what, just this, like, what uh, this has made me think of the Collins Cup. Have we heard any more news? But no, we have not. Okay, but that's the thing. If you got five, now maybe if you got ten, if you got ten names together over a half, the absolute ten best, and you just put crazy money on it, so they're, they're coming. God, it would be amazing. It would probably it? would be a bit of a draft fest on the bike, but if you made it a really tough course, it would break it up. But, but that's that, kind of what the Collins Cup is. Collins Cup's 36 athletes, three different teams. Mm, mm. You know, like when you think about it, and if they can, if the, the, the way they've taught the game, if they can pull that off, that's going to be that race. Yeah. Awesome. Do you think Brownlee will do it? Who knows? He kind of just does what he wants. So. I'd love him to turn up. Yeah. Don't know. Because it was pretty much a half, isn't it? It's a, a little bit longer than a half. Yeah, a little yeah. bit longer. Yeah. So I think that's a fascinating race to think about. Oh, for sure. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We're putting on next week. Uh, okay, this week's discussion. If someone was coming to your country and you could give them just one epic location to do the workout, where would it be and what would be the session? What would the session entail? So we don't just want to say, here's a cool place to ride. It's like you go to Hill Repeats on the Crown Range in Queenstown, Monica. Exactly. Okay. And the reason we've got this, we'll have a, we've got a little bit of a discussion on this later on um, because somebody was asking us about New Zealand. I put it on our um, Facebook page, but I thought... Let's get the number one spot in all dif- lots of different countries around the world. Number one spot to train and the session. Okay, John, sponsor. Extreme Endurance. It's your lactic buffer, John. It is your lactic buffer. Yeah, I just thought you might not know that. It also um, is... What are you doing on your phone? Get off your phone. Oh, no, I'm trying to put my face right here. My face right is not working. Um, it is... I had, I had a phone call yesterday. I had someone come around and pick up some immune boosts. I was hitting it last week as well. Starting to get a little bit, the old immune system was starting to get a little bit down. I was struggling to get enough sleep and thinking I'm just hitting the immune boost. Boom. Three or four days later, back to normal. So immune boost is your daily multivitamin for men and women, optimally formulated to help nourish cells, tissues and body organs against damaging free radical attacks. Immune boost is a comprehensive formula of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants and photonutrients specifically chosen to help assist the immune system and provide steady nutrient supply. So again, if you're going through winter, feel a little loogie coming on make sure you get some immune boost down you we'll take it consistently and then hopefully that little loogie won't even approach but it's certainly i find a great little booster to uh, make sure you stay fit and healthy in conjunction with having a healthy diet so one thing to think about with the immune boost is you know it's probably not a product you need to take all the time but it's one thing that you want to think about strategically when you take it so john you often hear john talk about you know feel something coming on get on it but also, if you think about your training block, now if you're someone who's going to train through a winter block for a hard race, like when we do Kona, you have to train through winter, good chance to use it. But in that kind of that six weeks before the race, that kind of month leading up where you do your peak training, mm-hmm. it's a really good time to put something like this in. Because if well, what we want in training is consistency of quality training, what's one of the things that guarantees hurting that is sickness. So if, you know, and we are tend to be more fatigued and tired through that time. So if we can think about you know when do I want to use this well well definitely if you know you've got a big block coming up and you've prepared well you don't want to get sick through that time so you know it's a good chance to think okay well I might just use my immune boost in that month block you know as I'm doing my big training there you go check it out xendurance.com remember the promo code imtalk20 and you get yourself a 20% discount okay Jonbo let's put some music on Age Grouper of the week. week. Okay, John. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you're right. Sorry, I didn't do the plural team. Sorry. Next week. Uh, So, if you got the email, I imagine pretty much everyone would have got this email this week. I think I'm a bronze AWA member. Are you? Yeah, what race did you do last year? I was the kind of seventy point three champion. Thanks very and much. You only got bronze. Oh, you didn't race enough. Yeah, one race. Uh, 
doesn't quite I think if you're a it. champion of a race, <laughs> you'd be a bit more important than I bronze. Should have got, I should have got a Hawaii slot, should have uh, been, had automatic frontline entry. 20k prize money. Mm. Um, but we have the all-world athletes, and the all-world athletes is a kind of a point system that WTC puts together. What do we, what do we call them? Ironman. Ironman puts together... Um, and recognising people who have performed well over the whole season doing their races. So Bevan's going to tap, we're just going to focus on a few of the females this week and we're going to work our way through the field over the next couple of weeks. So some people take the piss out of the, the, the programme but it's a point system and what I'm interested today is to see how things, how, how the athletes that are winning these age groups, whether, how they're sort of doing in Kona and at, and at championship races and so on. Um, so Bevan's going to be reading out the overall champions. Oh, okay, great. Yep. And you're so going to do what? I'll do the Ironman because the overall combined 70.3 and Ironman results and I'll be looking at the Ironman only. So this isn't just Kona. This is the people who have done Ironman racing only without 70.3. Exactly. That's you great. and I'm doing the combination. Mm. Okay. John, this name. Uh, well, Frederica? Frederica Di Nola, because she also Nola. won. It's got Nicola. Nicola. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Uh, she also was the champion of the Ironman points as well. So she got second at Ironman South Africa with a 10.24. And then she went to Lanzarote and she got first. And then she went to Kona and got first. So I think she's a pretty deserving champion. Yeah, she's an, uh, ex. She's champion. an ex. Yeah, that's, and, that's great work. So she won the... Wait, wait, what did you do in Kona? She did a one hour four swim, 5.19 on the bike and a 3.36 on the run for a 10.06.19. Okay, so she was your turn, bro, wouldn't she, you think? Yeah, you're probably not going to get... Uh, you're just under 24. Yeah, 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 but a 10.06, you're not going to be winning any races with that. Mm, but, you know, but a lot of speed in front of her. Uh, Catherine Brock got the winning of the overall in the 70.3 in Ironman in age 25 to 29 from Denmark. And she also took out oh, the, uh, the Ironman one as well. So she finished at Kona. She finished... Where did she finish? Did she finish? She did finish. She swam one fifteen. She rode five seventeen, and she ran a three twenty nine for a ten ten ten. Oh, she got fourth. Fourth, sorry. Okay. She won her age group in Lanzarote, and she also went to South Africa and won her age group there as well. Oh, so when bit. you're running, winning a regional championship, you're winning Lanzarote, and you're finishing fourth in Kona, pretty solid. Deserve it. Uh, Jackie, is it Jackie or Jack? Is that Jackie? Uh, I think it is Jackie, Jackie? Galliano. Yep. She's from the United States. She took out that one. John, what do you got there? And she also took out the Ironman one. So we okay. are actually seeing pretty consistency here. here. Hopefully I'm looking at the right page. I think yeah. I am. I am. I'm looking at the Ironman only. So she went to the North American Champs, didn't have a result there, but then she went to Lake Placid, won her age group there, went to Kona, finished sixth in her age group there, swam 109, rode 544, ran 325 for 1027. Nice. And then we have, lastly in today's one, we've got 35 to 39, Emily Lenter. Oh, she also took out the Ironman, so she was uh, overall and the Ironman. So I guess this is quite a good bit of a theme. Yeah. If you're doing well at Ironmans, you're generally doing well at the overall as well, which is cool. And if you do well in in Kona, you, is there more points for Kona? There must be. No, there's not. That's what's a bit disappointing. Oh, really? So it's not so, weighted towards Kona? And the, and the regional championships aren't weighted either. So for this athlete here, uh, Emily Lantern, she finished um, in... North American champs, she won her category, so she got 5,000 points. Uh, she went to the Ironman world champs and finished sixth, and she got 4,852. And in Arizona, she won her age group there, getting another 5,000. So, yeah, it does not appear to me like if you do well at Kona, it does not give you any, any more results. What's really interesting, John, is this is an overall comment because you've got the spreadsheets in front of me of all the winners from both age group, male and female. And the female is dominated by America. Mm. So of there's what, maybe 12 categories? Of them, probably half, half are American. And the males, it's multinational. Only mm. a couple Americans. It's pretty much really no country dominates. America probably is the most with three. But other than that, or maybe got, Australia has a couple as well. You but Australia, you got Germany, you got Finland, Switzerland, um, Canada, Japan, Italy, Argentina. So, so that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Why, mm. I wonder why that is. Maybe American females race more. Just interesting that it's so dominant in the female side of thing, and, and it's really spread in the male. 
don't know. Don't have a good answer for you there, Bevan. Sorry. Oh, thanks. Thanks for trying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So next week, over the next few weeks, we're going to be working through all the AWA champions and just going to give them some love because you know what? It's pretty well deserved. Exactly. Mm. Hit me with some music, Bevan. Okay, John. Here we go. Coaches Connor. David Levy sent through an email. Here's a topic you could consider discussing. We, we, we actually sat down for about an hour. We really considered it. And then <laughs> yeah. we thought, yes, we're going to make it work. Uh, not Ironman related, but short course related. I'm planning on doing a sprint this year, and I would like to get advice on how to get ready for running 5K without socks. How do you get your feet used to the, and, uh, this and prevent blisters? Do you need to place baby powder in your shoes or body glide? Any advice? That could help me would be welcomed. And I kind of thought this is a little bit of a one hundred and one question. Yeah. But but at the same time, I thought I bet there's a huge amount of people that listen to the show. Iron Man do half Iron Man, Iron Man who haven't raced without socks. I don't but, think I have. Yeah. So I'd imagine there's a oh, lot of I you have. in the same. A lot of you in the same boat. If I did a sprint, I wouldn't have put socks on. Have you Have you done a sprint? Yeah. Yep. John, there used to be one out at uh, Clearwater. Right. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> I. I I think I did a corporate one out there. They had a clear water one. Here we go. And um, this may have been my, my second triathlon because I think I did Ironman New Zealand for my first triathlon then, mm-hmm. and then my second one. And I didn't really know anyone in the world. Mm-hmm. And I got third equal. Right. I think Chris, Chris um, McDonald? Mac, no, um, McAteer won yeah. it. Yeah. And then someone else got second and I got third equal. Now, I did not get third equal. I definitely got fourth, but they gave me third equal. Oh, really? so, yeah. It was a sprint finish. I can't remember who it was with. And it was actually a great place to put a race on. Can you not swim in the water anymore? Oh, it's very tight. It's on. A, it's basically a golf course and the access road. If, if you're going quicker than 40 k's an hour, you're crapping your pants. Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, yeah, so why, why did I bring that up? Um, oh, yeah, so I wouldn't have, I'm sure I wouldn't have stopped for socks in that race. You'd hope not. No. But that being said, name and shame, Mark, Sutton, uh, Mark Prutton, he was doing my Christmas cracker race before Christmas. Yep. And he... Just missed out winning it um, from Tyrone, and uh, he had socks on. I was like, "What are you doing?" That's where you lost. Well, yeah. one time, my, my my first half Ironman was they had the Queenstown half Ironman. Mm-hmm. Remember they used to have that? Mm-hmm. It was a pretty small event, mm-hmm. and I think I got fourth. No, I'm not saying I could have won it, but I took about eight minutes in transition. Oh, <laughs> it was pretty cold, yeah. and I was like, "I am taking my time today because I don't want to get sick." Yeah. So transitions are important. So anyway, if you're thinking about doing short course racing, and especially if it's a sprint distance race, I definitely encourage you to not wear socks. If you are purely doing it as a training session to get ready for another race and you really don't want to blister, that's a different story. Yeah. If you're going to a sprint distance race and you really want to compete and go as fast as you possibly can, don't need socks. But you do want to take some measures to try to minimize the blisters. So um, a few things to consider. Um Potentially, well, no, you definitely want to have a separate pair of racing shoes for, for short course with obviously with your elastic laces. Um, but I'd encourage most people to well, consider. Wouldn't everyone use it at Ironman as well? Um, most would. Well, yeah. Why obviously. wouldn't you have elastic laces? Well, I don't know. But yeah. yeah, make sure you've obviously got elastic laces. But I'd definitely say that consider going half a size shorter, short smaller with your shoes especially if you wear sort of medium to thick socks when you're training irrespective you probably can get away with um, half a size smaller just so then there's not quite as much movement in your feet and it is only for 5k so that's going to reduce the risk of blistering somewhat Um, the other thing a couple of things to think about when it comes to shoe selection is um, when your feet are wet, when you haven't got socks on and you put them straight into your shoes, the chance of your inner sole um, crunching up is a lot higher. So you might want to consider gluing in your inner sole so it doesn't actually move when you put your, um, when you put your feet in when they're potentially wet coming off the bike. Uh, and these days, you can also get sort of more custom tri shoes. So you've obviously got your, your, you know, your, your standard running shoes, but then a lot of the tri-specific running shoes have got more of that sort of inner 
yeah. in a sock in there, so that, that reduces your risk for, for blisters as well, so maybe consider that. Um, one of the things David, good old David Levy said, was asking about baby powder, so you definitely want to put some, um, some talcum powder into your shoes, that does a couple of things, first it makes it a little bit easier for your feet to, to slide in, um, it also draws a little bit of moisture away, just a little bit of moisture, and then the third thing it does is it actually makes your shoes smell a little bit better, because they, you, you're racing shoes when you don't wear socks, do start to get a little bit stinky. Um, so that's a couple of things in terms of preparation. Also, you, on the insides of your shoes, if you're somebody who is susceptible to blisters, you can put some Vaseline or Body Glide if there are any seams on the inside of your shoes, and that just helps a little bit reduce the friction. Some people do put Body Glide or Vaseline on their feet actually before the swim and have it on there all the way through the race. It's not something that I used to do, but again, if you are somebody that blisters badly, that's something you can consider. But when you come out of the swim, you're going to start getting things stuck to you a bit more when you do that. What about um, breaking in shoes? Yep. Um, you know, because like, like when you get new shoes, when you know, we all want to break our shoes in before we go out running and all the rest of it. Yep. Do you break in your shoes without socks on? Um, yeah, well, I'll have that in, in terms of getting your feet ready, so okay. we, we'll definitely come to that. Um, now, if you're somebody who has blistered in the past, either from wearing shoes or not wearing shoes, if you get blisters like around your toes and things like that, then you can tape your toes up um, a bit, and, and the chances of the tape staying on toes, if it's taped all the way around, is pretty high. But if you try to sort of tape like your heels or the side of your feet or anything like that or any long areas... Chance of that's probably going to come off in the race and, and probably not worth doing. Um, other thing in your transition setup, have a towel down so when you come off the um, come off the bike, you can give your feet a really really quick um, wipe if you are racing somewhere where you're running across sand or dirt or something like that. So then when you put your feet into yeah, because that's that's true, isn't it? Because it can be mm. frustrating. Oh, little stone, stone or sand or it's just it can totally take your focus, eh? Mm. Um, and then sort of gets, as Bevan said, trying to get your feet ready, um, part of that can be wearing your shoes in. So, um, well, because you're kind of saying have two pair of shoes, aren't you? You are. So, yeah. yeah. So, you make sure you go and do some training sessions with your shoes without socks, but keep them reasonably short. Um, so, you know, you might. Well, you'd almost want to kind of buy them, walk in them for a bit. Mm hmm. Then do some light runs. Yep. Because you've got to get your feet ready for it as well, don't you? And and then go out and do some training sessions. So, you know, if you're doing a sprint distance race the weekend before or something, you should be doing like a sprint distance training session or maybe a little bit shorter. And so there's your ideal opportunity. So I'd say you want to make sure you're having good good three sessions or so in the month leading in where you're not wearing any socks. Uh, you can also do things to toughen your skin up a little bit, uh, especially if you're susceptible to getting blisters. Um trying to dry your feet out a little bit so I know when we go up to Kiteria over Christmas and you know, you're at the beach every day your feet really start to dry out a lot so just wearing bare feet when you're wandering around the house just trying to wear bare feet as much as possible is your sort of first step then if you do want to try to dry your feet out a little bit if you do get blisters say when you just go regular training trying things like again um uh, you can put alcohol, you can rub a little bit of alcohol onto your feet and that sort of thickens the skin a little bit. You've got to be really careful when you do that not to do too much because it does dry your feet out and then if it does it too much, your feet will start cracking. Mm. Um, go to the beach a little bit, the sand and salt water will help dry them out a bit. Um, but overall, try to spend plenty of time barefoot when you're just wandering around the house and that should uh, hopefully just toughen things up and thicken, them up, thicken your feet up a bit. Main thing is you want them to dry out a bit but not so much that they're going to crack because that really hurts. Mm. So hopefully that's a few things for you there, David, um, to go out there and practice. If it's the middle of winter, you're kind of a bit screwed in terms of doing too much um, preparation work, but uh, it's more what you do during the summer months. It's amazing how much a blister can ruin you. Hey, like Paul and I, we did that run, or Elliot and we went for that run, and I got some blisters, and it wasn't in the world, but geez, the next few days, just such a hassle. That's the thing. If you're doing a sprint distance try and you get a blister during the race, it's probably not going to bother you too much in the race, but it's more what's going to happen afterwards that the problem Yeah, totally. Gone. And if you're training and you're trying to do a big hard training and you're in your big block and this was just a race that you're having in, in the interim, that's kind of not a good thing to happen. So take so on John's tips. Tough try to toughen those feet up. It's all about that preparation. Yep, preparation. What is it? What was your six Ps? Proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. There we go. John Newsom's patent that. Okay, this week's wanger of the week. John, which one are we doing? We are going so random.org is going to give us the answer. Oh, you're going random.org? Random.org, one to nine. This week is number eight. 
Okay, so that is 33rd and Kona. Oh. 33rd position goes to Simon Booth from the UK. 14 activities for 13 hours, 47 minutes and 55 seconds. Simon, you are our 33rd position this week. Fantastic. Well done. Yes, from the UK. Uh, so if you do want to get onto our leaderboard, you need to be on Training Peaks. You, not on Training Peaks. You need to be on uh, Strava. You need to have your profile as being public and then you can join up to our team. So far in Simon's career... Just what we should do each week. The winner, although we have female, we could do this is we do a bit of a talk on the training. Okay. So you go onto Simon's page, and he's got about fifty followers. For following fifty-four, got forty-three followers. But he's this current month. He's done three hundred twenty-five miles, mm-hmm. um, thirty hours of training this current month. But all-time cycling, he's done twenty-six thousand miles of cycling. Impressive. Yep, and it's 1,662 hours of cycling. He's gone over a million feet. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. In cycling, and he's done 1,178. He likes his biking. I don't know if he's done much running. So he loves his bike. But there you go. There's Simon Booth. He is our UK 33rd champion. Love your work, Simon. Nice work. Okay, questions oh, and answers. answers. And Will Desmond sent us through. He's doing a trip to New Zealand. So he's got, guys, Irish fella. Irish. It's not Irish, was it? Oh, close enough, Bevan. Top of the morning to you. Yeah. Top of the morning. I'll give you some Irish. Um, Irish fella coming down to race Wanaka and Taupo will be in New Zealand for a month in total, trying to work out as many of the top local training spots as I can while I'm here. So the best swim, bikes, and run that New Zealand have to offer. Any ideas to find this info? Um, might be a good topic for discussion of the week, and that's what we've done. So we've done that for discussion of the week, but I did post something up on Facebook this week, and uh, it was a weak, weak response, New Zealanders. Come on, were you all on holiday, not on Facebook? God. Anyway, Jelly... Oh, uh, so you're saying there should be more time on Facebook? Exactly. <laughs> Jelly Hedrickson, uh, he's a guy, he came and helped out, took some photos for me down at the Christmas Cracker, and he's from Holland, and he's moved out to New Zealand. He reckons it's a Rakaia Gorge bike north and head to Lake Coleridge Power Station and back and then run to the Rakaia Gorge track. How far's that? God, I don't know. I've never done any training up there. Uh-uh. So you're opening our eyes to what's on our doorstep. Christy McKinlay says, Christchurch, of course, home of the I Am Talk podcast, host of the National Standard Distance Tri-Champs this year. Where else? Yeah. And one other one there, we've got uh, William Desmond. He said, he's on, I'm on Instagram. Uh, Will Decimo will throw photos of New Zealand up there for fun. Nice. That's, a, that's just how you get an Instagram plug. Oh, yeah, bloody Will, you, you, you smart ass. Because that's just, he's like, oh, I'm going to get some more followers. Yeah, well. What is it? Will? Will Decimo. Will Decimo. W-I-L-L-D-E-S-M-O. There, Will, I'll give you some love. Um, John. Evan, where would you go? If you had, uh, if, you, if they, somebody said to you, okay, you can give me a couple of spots in New Zealand. The problem is I go? can't actually remember the actual locations, but mm-hmm. I think you've got this one. Abel Desmond's a no-brainer. Yeah, so I would highly recommend that. If you're thinking, I want to do one thing when I come to New Zealand. This is my favorite place in the world. You'd basically, and this is something you can do, it's a pretty easy day trip. So, you know, If you're going on an epic bike ride, you've got to figure out, well, how am I going to get from one place to the mm. other, etc. The Able Tasman, you drive into a place called Mariha, and then you can be running at whatever, you can start at whatever time you want in the morning. Uh, you might start at 7 o'clock, you can run the entire track, and there's ferries coming back. Um, you've got to be strategic to make sure you get those, but you, you do have Could to Could you go vice versa? Can you catch a ferry out? Or does it Start too uh, late. You could do, but it would mean a bit later. If you go really early in the morning, then you're going to miss any potential yeah, walkers. Yeah. So that would be my definite recommendation. Abel Tasman has done it. And there's some beautiful rides around there. Again, I'm not very good with the rides, but I remember they used to do a tour de vineyards. And one of the rides, which I think you end up, which goes up to Tucker Hill, mm-hmm. but it, it, basically you're riding around the, the, the river. Yeah, yeah. And it's so beautiful. And there's some tree lined streets that, mm. kind of rural tree lined streets, not, don't think suburbia, just think in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And you're riding along and you've got this beautiful river, kind of, it's a little bit low below you. And then you've got these beautiful, stunning, just kind of streets where, or roads really, where these big overlying trees. And I remember I was racing my, because I, I used to love doing Tour de Vineyards. And, um, but just being captivated by the surroundings were pretty cool. Yeah. It's a West Bank. So, yeah, so I would say that would be my Nelson spot. But I'd say for biking, if you're coming to New Zealand, I'd go down to, to Queenstown. The biking around there is not great because there's so much traffic. Yeah. Um, but if I was going to go and do one ride, I'd say you go and ride up Coronet Peak, which is a ski field, uh, and you have amazing I was thinking about views. running that a few weeks ago. Really? Yeah, well, because we'd, we'd be... Uh, <laughs> uh, there's better runs than that. 
down there. Yeah, there was. Well, we did mm. some cool runs, but I was just kind of thinking our hotel was literally across the road from the road. Right. So I was thinking about going up, but it was kind of had to, we were coming home that day, and I couldn't be bothered. So I can't remember how long it is, but it's a good. We did on Epic Camp. Yeah, yeah. So you go up to Coronet Peak, and then you come down, and there's another ski field on the other side called Remarkables, and up there you just get the most amazing views. So that would be my bike ride. The Crown Range is, which is down that way as well, is a cool ride, but it's pretty busy. Mm. It is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, and then the one other bike ride I'd have in there if you came to Christchurch is the Accra ride we did for our IM Talk anniversary, ten year anniversary. Because you can do ten year anniversaries, you just can't do forty. No, so we're doing okay. our forty. You did say ten, twenty five, yeah. and fifty, so we're alright with that. Um, the ride we did at Accra, I think, is one of the most epic rides you can do anywhere in the world. Beautiful scenery on a nice day. Yeah, I agree. Um, have we have we got the hour yet, Bevan? Oh, I don't know because it's split it up. I think uh, we'll be close to the hour. Good. Yeah, well, we, it's not going to be. It's not going to be two hours. Let's put it that way. Um, I, I think run wise, you've got to go Abel Tasman, the South Island. Um, you know what? Any of the national trails? Because what was the one of the ones we didn't? We didn't have one on Epic Camp one time. Remember we drove the Heathy track. Yeah, once? the Heathy track. That was mm-hmm. pretty cool. You'd have to do it properly as a point to point. So a lot of our big national trails are sort of point. But you could run for two hours, turn around, come back. You know, yeah. like yeah, they're pretty stunning. Um, John's favourite run in Christchurch. The Boulder Bay Loop. Yep. Even just running along Summit Road. I love, well, they've got trails underneath Summit Road, which are pretty cool. Um, down south, well, you're going to do the Wanaka Race. The Wanaka Run's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that run. But while you're in Wanaka, you can actually do the one. So if you're looking at Wanaka Lake front on, they've got a run that goes to the left. And it's basically a trail run that heads towards where Porno and I go camping. And it's a pretty beautiful run as well. <laughs> Sounds dodgy when you say we're porno and I go yeah, camping. We uh, do some uh, moves to camping. Uh, yeah, that's about it, John. Well, the thing is, New Zealand's a pretty good place to train. It is. You know what I mean? Like you, you, Anywhere you go, it's pretty easy to find some great training. Mm-hmm. I had a girl at the gym today who was a little miss pessimist. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I go out to her and go, hey, you going? And the first time I met her, she goes, oh... She basically said, oh, I'm, I'm, life sucks. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and why is that? She goes, oh, crush it sucks. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And she goes, oh, I'm from Auckland. No, why don't you like crush it? Nothing. No, no, nothing I could suggest really? would really work for her. So in the end, I kind of said to her, maybe you need to move. <laughs> so, <laughs> because I said, what about nature? Do you love nature stuff? And she goes, yeah, I love nature. I said, well, what about just have a crush it. She goes, oh, yeah. I so. am listening to you, Bevan, but I'm doing two things at once. I'm, okay, tell me I'm what you're sending doing. you a picture of yourself uh, that Belinda took at the gym the other day. Oh, she took Bevan a photo of me. Well, she said, Bevan was wearing his I am talk oh, yeah. gear in the gym. Who okay. wears cycling gear when they go to the gym? Or when you're teaching spin class. Uh, that's what I said. I said, well, it's yeah. a spin class. She said, what about the bike chairs? Well, anyway, wait, so a picture what? of Bevan wearing his... Uh, oh, my, oh, I've already done this week's photo. I'll do it for next week's. Wearing so she's his, stalking me, mate. Yeah. So your wife's stalking me. Yeah. It's a pretty good outfit, that one. The, the only problem with that one, John, it's a little bit short at the top. The tops were a, bit, a little bit touched. Small. Yeah, so I had my belly button showing through. Luckily, mm. I haven't got the old, the old, what is it, the muffin top? Luckily, I had, I had the muffin top. Don't John, I reckon we've got a good idea for the discussion of the week. Write this one down. Whatever happened to? I had this a few weeks ago, and I think you poo-pooed it. No, I didn't. I had the idea of, uh, I would love that for good discussion. But it can be anything. Because the thing I was thinking about was Newton shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, Newton for a moment mm-hmm. were, were the shizzle minizzle. Yeah. Whereas now, do you even get Newtons? Google it. I'm pretty. No, you, do, you definitely do. But they're not in the scene as much, no, are they? No. They were kind of all the thing for a while. So, and so discussion a week is whatever happened to, and it can be a person, it can be a shoe, it can be, you know, those <laughs> gimmicks. Remember, remember the gimmick of the balance band. Oh yeah, they got sued, didn't they? Yeah, the, the balance <laughs> band. Uh, I'm so glad I've. I, I always kind of when it, any gimmick comes along, I always go wait six months, <laughs> and just about all the gimmicks I've seen six months later, uh, they don't exist. Uh, John, this week's photo was sent through by jo- Wayne Varten Vart. Mm, how do you say that? Vart Baden. How can I reckon? See that? Go go into the show notes underneath where he's got his little picture of his training under Wayne. Vartenbadian. <laughs> Vartenbadian. What is Apple say? I reckon you're pretty close here. That's a good name, Wayne. Let's have a look. Oh, 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 jeepers. Oh, 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 yeah, okay. Here we go. This time. Um, um, is it that? Oh, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. We'll just go with what we said before. Wayne Vartenbadian. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, he just sent through, that's his training conditions, John. He's training a negative, or well, 16 degrees, which is negative eight. Nice. He's going out running and he's got his mask on. Look at that. 
I was well impressed on putting it out for this week's photo. John, any other, any other, uh, anything else around questions and answers? No. Okay. Patrons. Let's do patrons. Rob Dutchy Lines. Now, I think we were going to change, Rob, if you're listening, I think we were going to change your nickname because the reason we had it is you were all dressed in Dutch colours. And uh, I think there was a reason for that. So if you do want us to change that, let us know. Okay. We've got Christopher Raging Rancy. And that's after the Star Wars. Uh, the, the, the I thought they were rancors, those things in Star Wars, and so we called it. What's a rancor? Raging. The rancors were which movie was it? Return of the Jedi, I think it was, when they got they're out at Jabba the Hutt's palace. No, there was there was the third one. Oh, Return, sorry, no, Return, Return of you're the right. Jedi, yep, yep. And they got thrown in, and he sort of shoved that thing inside the big bone inside the rancor's mouth. I think that's what a rancor is. Jeez, you really know your Star Wars, don't you? No. How many times do you think in your life you've watched the original Star Wars? Not that many. More than 10? Uh, no. Really? No, I wouldn't have thought so. No. Bits and pieces, because Thomas has always got it on. <laughs> <laughs> Bevan's moving it's on. on um, so the question, another question I have for you is, what's the movie you think you've watched the most in your life? Uh, Top Gun I hate to admit that Oh John that so You just sad. went down in my books I know I went down my own books oh, John <laughs> God <laughs> that film is just pitiful It really is Because oh. I watched it only like two years ago First oh, time God. And I was thinking Why would anybody like this film yeah. It is absolutely Now I get that you have, If you have nostalgia mm. You might like it But it's really bad (laughs) It's really bad And the guy Is the biggest The guy he plays Is the biggest cock in the world (laughs) And I don't mean that As a compliment So there you go Because apparently They're doing a sequel Oh Please no So that's just Uh, Social sophistication Third third, uh, patron Lee 20 eyes spore It's obviously like a spore Like a Mm. character Okay John Sponsors Extreme endurance, your lactic buffer, and our patrons. And you go to www.imtalk.me and just you see on our page is a place to be a patron. You contribute to the show, help us do what we do, and you go on the chance to win a trip to Kona, which we're drawing anytime soon in March. In March, okay, John, uh, your gossip. Remember last week, I couldn't remember the person's name, I was lying. Oh, that's up right, yep, yep, Richard Kingsford. Oh, I remember that. Oh, Richard King. I remember Richard King. So let me I, do a, I, let me I do a Facebook. Have, I didn't have to look it up or anything. It just came to me. I was thinking about it going. Richard King. Met him on the beach in Kaiteri. He was on our camp. I'm pretty sure that's the same guy I was thinking and, of. Uh, yes, it was. Because he's the one who asked me the question. Remember I, I told my masturbation story? <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy who asked me the question that led to me telling my masturbation story. Right. Yeah. So there you go, Richard King. Said, yeah, I told, that was the guy I was thinking of. Good. Oh, John, that's cold. Bevan, what's happening in your world? Well, you normally start. Okay, well, we went to Wellington for the weekend. Oh, that's right. And apparently the Phoenix was a hit. Phoenix was good. Uh, they they drew, which was good. But a lot more atmosphere at a football game. Granted, it's only, it was only I don't know, maybe a quarter full. But um, just a lot more cheering and chanting. than it, and Did you take your top off? We were waiting to do it, but they never got in the lead. So it's, oh, they take, it's, what, so what's the theory? Te, 10 minutes to go. If they're leading with 10 minutes to go, this is their team, the Wellington Phoenix, you take your top off. And Thomas and I, we were we were ready for him, but we, Belinda's top was not staying on. <laughs> oh, Belinda was going to do it as well. She wasn't happy, but uh, so they never got in the lead. They went 1-0 down, managed to claw it back, and probably a fair... They, they were probably a little bit unlucky. They had more shots on goal. But it was, it was good. Went to a Lego display. Recommend that at Tapapa. Uh, amazing Lego. Just... All, it was sort of all the wonders of the world, like he had the Taj Mahal, um, Arc de Triomphe, um, the Titanic sinking, uh, pyramids, um, David. Was it pretty impressive? Yeah, it was bloody impressive. Some of the size of do they Do they kind of tell you the, how they go about making them? Yeah, they've got a little plaque in front of each one, so it tells you a little bit about it. So um, I learned a little bit about the Taj Mahal, why, the guy, why that got built. Why did it get built? So the guy, the guy, he built it in memory of his favourite wife, his favourite one. He was married to her for... <laughs> Wait again. You, uh, you're fourth. <laughs> his favourite wife. I think they were together for 19 years, and I think she died during or after giving birth to their 14th child. Wow. In 19 years. Wow. And he was the favourite, so that's So who was that. he? Was he rich, or was he just famous, or what was the story? I can't remember that part. Okay. It, was a, it was pretty brief. So they told you that, and then they told you the, the sort of the designer and the builder's explanation of how hard it was, how many pieces were in it, and how long it t- took to build. Some of these things, like David was, I think it was 100,000 pieces. Have you seen the real David? Is, is it in proportion? Uh, no, I have not seen the real one. The he real didn't David's have a willy in this one. He, he didn't, didn't have a willy. What'd they have? They sort of had... 
It was quite discreet. Does it, the, the real David doesn't have a wallet, does he? Yeah, he does. No, I think he's like a flower, doesn't he? No. Statue of David, let's have a look. David. Statue of David, look it up. Statue. He's got a willy. It's all bro. hanging out. Hey, what a, what, what a <laughs> Joe, David, Statue of David's got his willy hanging out, hasn't it? Yes. yes. Oh. Okay. Culture your husband. It's pretty big. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Yeah. I didn't even mean the willy. The real statue. Yeah. Because you go and you go when you're, where is it? Where's it? Florence, wasn't it, babe? Yeah, because there's quite a few statues in Florence, not just like trying to sell you one. There's one up on the hill, mm-hmm. and then the, but the one that's in it's in a building that's actually not that big. It's like a must be an art museum, and you go in and it's actually quite big, eh, no, babe? I have seen it actually. Oh. I was thinking it was Rome for some reason. Yeah, I haven't been to Rome. Haven't been to Rome? No. Did you, did you remember that, eh, babe? Yeah. And there's a, there was the orange one as well. Remember that? It's weird. Um, <laughs> you haven't been to Rome. <laughs> haven't been to Rome. Man, you're a well-travelled man. Yeah, I've not I been, been to Rome. To Rome. Belinda went there by herself without me. Oh, she took a top off apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he by one goal. Um, oh, really? That's interesting. Um, what was? Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. What, what so we the Wellington about? was good. Uh, we stayed in Cuba Street, which is cool. Went out to some cool places. Recommend. Uh, Do you go to Papa? Fidel's. Well, the, the Lego was at to Papa, so we spent a bit of time at Papa. And you go to the Gallipoli? I do know the we, answers we, to this. We I'm did, just leading yes. Uh, were you impressed with that? Well, I was kind of a little bit more on kitty watch at that stage, so I was uh-huh. sort of having to push through. It's so all in all. Great place. Went for a run up uh, Mount Victoria. That was quite nice. Never been up there before. And great Wellington, great place to go for a weekend. Wellington, to me, is our coolest city. Mm. You know, like Flying. when you think cool, it's got lots of culture. It's lots to do. 20 minutes taxi to town and you're there and yeah. everything's walking distance. So yeah, it was Wellington's, good. Wellington's cool. Uh, living there would be different. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Mount yeah. Snow. The <laughs> 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 Lucas. Um, no, living there would be, just the wind would do my head and I think. But, um, you know. You get used to weather, don't you, John? What's happening in your world, Bevan? John, I went to the doctor. <laughs> right. Because I'm 40. Yeah. Yep. I went to the doctor. And have you done your 40-year-old check yet? I have not had the old... Uh, have you done Have you done, done the 40-year-old no. check? No. Why not? I just haven't done it. Well, I, I, I rang the doctor and I thought, a part of being a healthy person is not just eating and exercising and sleeping. A part of it is also making sure you're looking after your medical conditions. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctor, I rang them up, said, what should I do? Should I do uh, just see the doctor or should I do a more hardcore? And they said, we have a healthy man check. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right from you, John? Yes. It's not cheap, 200 bucks. Right. But hey, I know how I'm, my body's like right now. So you go there. First day you go in and I'm a bit worried about the finger at the bum trick. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm thinking to myself, just brace yourself now. I tell you what. If you've ever been showered and prepared, when you go into the doctor thinking you get your finger up your bum, you're making sure you're pretty clean around that area, I tell you that much. <laughs> so I pretty much jumped out of the shower, drove to the doctor, and then went there the first day and spent time with the nurse. So the nurse wasn't going to put the finger up the bum, so I was pretty happy with that. And got blood tests and urine samples yeah. and all the rest of it. And But you don't get the results on that day. Then you go back and then you spend time with the doctor. So I go back to the doctor. Uh, doctor, doctor, got a lovely doctor. I don't know her name, but she's who's, who's, who's Facebooking you? Don't know. I might be Facebooking me. Um, so went to the doctor, started talking about all my results. John, mm-hmm. with the blood test, you don't need the finger of the bum. <laughs> oh, right. So I was over the moon. I didn't need to clean my bum that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty happy with that. So imagine if you had problems with your blood test, mm-hmm. you might get the finger of the bum. But I was pretty happy with that. Good. Because I was mentally prepared. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, John, do you know what I am? I am a picture of health. Good. I was like perfect in everything. Excellent. There was nothing wrong with me at all. So team, and this is the man thing in particular. Mm. He's pointing the finger at me. Yes, because you're 40 now. Mm. And then I said to the doctor, how often should I come? And she said, every two years, mm-hmm. you want to get a healthy man checkup? So John, it's Martin's Medical. It's just down the road from you. You've got no excuse. Yeah. Do it on the way to the supermarket. Yeah, do it on the way, and you don't have to clean your bum. <laughs> so, yeah. so there you go. So I had that. Um, what else, John? First aid course yesterday? First aid course, yes. Have you got your first aid certificate? I need to get that updated. It's on my to-do list. Oh, John, is it updated or is it no. out of date? John, you're putting on an event in a couple of weeks. I'm not, I don't do the medical. You're, you're a coach. Sorry? You're a coach. I don't put on the medical. Uh. I have St. John's to do that. Yeah, well, we do it because we're professionals. Good. <laughs> well, unlike some people I know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's always a bit of a painful day, John, getting your first aid course. Mm. The lady was lovely. Did you say don't ice it? I, I did, actually. Mm. I said, I, what I said, John, I don't want to be that prick. So what I said is I said, this is an interesting discussion. It's one that's debated a lot nowadays, and I think <laughs> we may find in the future this advice may change. That's all I said. Mm. And then I said, by the way, 
I'm a doctor. So, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the first aid course could do a lot better about learning outcomes, mm. but let's not go there. You should be a first aid instructor. Let's put it as Jonathan could do a better job than me. I've, I've never had a good first aid experience. <laughs> it's always a bit average. It's always a bit average. Like, I don't want to shit on people, John, but just. I'm like, going to. <laughs> oh, this is the singer from the Cranberries just died. Oh, that's old news. That was on the radio this morning. Old, old news two hours earlier. <laughs> She was a pretty good singer, Zombie. Do you know that song? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Zombie is pretty good. Bevan, we're rambling. I know we haven't got much to try and use, but we've got the hour. No, I think we're more like an hour 20 now. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Stop it. What about this week? What are you up to? This week, going to see Jimmy Carr on Sunday. Oh, are you? Mm, so I'll be interested to see how I can't believe you forked out that much. It couldn't have been cheap. It wasn't. <laughs> what did you pay for that? It's about 85 bucks each, I think. Yeah, it's doable. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. I've never actually been to a big comedian. Oh, I love I've it. been to sort of more boutique type yeah. comedians. I went to the Fringe Festival in Edinburgh and a few other bits and pieces like that. And oh, what's the Fringe Festival like? I can't, it was good. I can't remember. It was years ago. Did um, you go to lots of shows? Uh, we didn't do that many. Okay. Yeah. But this is the first one. This is a big, in a big arena or big-ish arena. So I'll be really interested to see if it's... I think he's a funny guy. I enjoy watching him. So I'll be he's real smart, I say. Mm. Yeah, just like you. <laughs> Joke. 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 Anyway, let's get the show on the road. Okay. Iron Russ. I'm a Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.